welcome to the Soccer Camp. It's time to break down the barriers. A show dedicated to creativity, adaptations, and purpose. Stupendous! The greatest moment I've seen in Premier League football. Real coaches. Real talk. Unbelievable! Real growth. Now, welcome your host, Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of The Soccer Cap. This is your host, Roberto Obi Hernandez. Just want to thank you for tuning in. Want to give you like a brief intro to what this podcast is going to be all about. Um, I'm a soccer coach. I'm involved in the youth soccer game. I want to be able to provide a platform for coaches to share their stories, share their ideas, and not only that, for the listeners to be able to grow. I think in youth soccer, there's not too many true honest conversations about the real things that we go through whether that's field space whether that's uh, not enough players whether that's um financial uh aspects i uh you know hold coaches back or hold players back i just want to be able to get coaches on here and interview them from every single league that there is that's all the way from the top of mls next ecnl ga dpl eal csl many many other leagues that i'm sure are around the the nation and um even around the world right we want to be able to bring you quality content that you're going to be able to relate to as coaches as players as parents as fans um and just really get down and dirty and be able to give you the honest conversation of youth soccer um i think we need to grow i think coaches need to share a little bit more and we just want to be able to give you that insight you know from all the different levels of of coaching and just have these successful coaches come on and share why they're successful their coaching philosophies you know what they do at training how they handle all the different situations and uh hope you guys enjoy it feel free to reach out on all our uh, social media our emails let us know what topic you want to hear what coach you want to hear if you want to be on the podcast um and to, to give you guys a brief history of my coaching experience and where I've been. Um, I played collegiate soccer, you know, D2, NAI, JUCO, uh, was playing semi-pro, you know, a couple different teams um, in the U.S. And coaching-wise, been been involved with the Division One, Division Two, NAI, JUCO, um, you know, youth club soccer as a director, as a coach, as a camp director, um, been able to help with tournaments, been involved in the DA game a lot. But I say all that just so you guys kind of understand where I'm coming from. But this is going to be more about the coaches that we have on here. Hope you guys enjoy the content. Don't forget to subscribe, like, give us suggestions. Look, I'm creating this for you guys. Hope you guys really enjoy it. Thank you for being here. Today, kicking off the podcast, we have a, a special coach from San Diego. He coaches at Rebels. His name is Cameron Raja. He coaches high school level ECNL and he's been named the new head coach of East Lakes down in San Diego you know he's busy preparing for the season but he took time out of his schedule to be able to be the first guest on this podcast really appreciate it and uh, hope you guys enjoy the episode today we have the man the myth the legend Cameron Rajay say what's up Cam what's up what's going on what's going on yo my boy Cam not only is he a great coach, he's one of the best piece per people you'll ever meet. Not only yeah. that, dude, the energy yeah. he brings on and off the field, it's insane. 
<laughs> this guy, the compliments, the compliments, my man. <laughs> back to the C course. <laughs> <laughs> we actually took a couple cor- uh, USSF co- uh, coaching courses together. Took the D course it and the sure C did. course, and uh, he's mm-hmm. currently in the middle of the B course. And we'll get to that later in the show. But just to start off the show, Cam, I know everyone's uh, pretty excited to get to know who you are. So if you can give us a quick introduction, you know, a little bit about your playing career, your coaching career, and then your current roles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So, um, born and raised San Diego, California. Uh, went to school around here, San Diego High School. Um, from there, had an opportunity to play at Cal State Dominguez Hills. Was there for a couple years, and then went and tested my feet in the professional game. I uh, played for the Trinidad and Tobago national team from the U17 level to the U23. Took part in the Pan American Games. From there, I. Uh, had an opportunity to play professionally in Trinidad and Tobago. So I did that with my club, St. Anne's Rangers, was there for two years. Then I had an opportunity to uh, play over in Europe, and I was there for two, three years in Finland. Shout out Sporting Christina in Kristinastad. Uh, gave, gave a boy a chance and, you know, fell in love with the city there. Um, from there, I actually got transferred in the transfer window to Vasa EFK. Um, finished out the year there playing in the Premier Division. And then I went to the Netherlands. I was there for two years, and I ruptured my Achilles. And, and that ended up, you know, turning the wheels for me. Actually, before that, I was actually coaching just a little bit uh, with Rebel Soccer Club, where I'm currently at now. But I ruptured my Achilles and came back and, you know, started to see life in a different way from the coaching aspect of it. And I don't deeply into coaching with uh, my mentor, Ryan Marquez, uh, down here at Rebels. And from there, I've been coaching at Rebels for now, what, five, six, seven years maybe. Uh, I'm the Junior Academy Director. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I do have some licenses. I'm doing my B right now. And uh, luckily enough, I am going to be the head coach for Eastlake Girls Soccer Program down here in Chula Vista as well. So, I mean, th- things are moving, man. Things are moving. Uh, I'm just, my whole career, soccer career is just blessed, man. That's all I can say. I'm just blessed. Blessed for all the opportunities I've gotten. Blessed for um, people that gave me a chance and, and believed in me. And I, I'm just trying to give back to the kids. And, and, and that's mainly it, man. Man, that's what's up. It sounds like you've been kind of all over the world, been able to experience many different cultures. And I'm pretty sure those experiences have kind of like shaped you into the person you become and also the coach, right? Um Wow. I mean, dude, the, the list goes on and on. Um, it's pretty sounds pretty exciting that you're getting a start with uh, as a head coach for East Lakes. You know, during this whole pandemic where high school seasons haven't been on, club seasons have been hit or miss. I know uh, just so you guys are aware, we're both me and Cam both coach in California. So we've been a little bit more on tight restrictions rather than other states. Cam's been actually having a travel you know, out of state just to be able to get some games. Uh, he, with Rebels, he coaches a couple of ECNL teams. Um, and that level, you know, without being able to play games consistently has been a little bit challenging. And that's what I kind of wanted to ask about, Cam. You know, during this whole yeah. pandemic, how has you how have you been able to keep your players engaged um, yeah. while during the break and then during the limited playing that we can get? And yeah. what's the kind of big difference or a different approach that you're going to be taking going into this new role as a high school head coach versus your ECNL team? Yeah, I mean, man, this year has just been it's been a remarkable one, I should say. I mean, 
looking at it, we were so restricted here in California with the kids having to be in, in boxes. There's no contact. And where I'm at in, in San Diego and Chula Vista, our numbers were just skyrocketed. So we had, you know, a lot of people coming out reporting us and it, it was hard. man. It was extremely hard to, you know, keep the kids engaged. Uh, I did a lot of zoom meetings. I did a lot of looking at film, but we all know after a while, you know, certain things can get boring. So always just trying to change it up to keep them on their toes, making up drills. So there's kind of contact, but there's not really, um, and just really keeping them engaged. Cause you gotta remember, like we, we are playing against in the ECNL, we're playing against the best of the best. Um, and we ended up having to, uh, go to Arizona for a showcase, North Carolina for a showcase. Um, North Carolina was eye opening. I had my old fives then and, we're playing against teams that are halfway through their league and we're sitting here playing game number four. So and you could see it, there, there's moments in those games where the girls are playing, they're trying to do what they, but then they hit that cliff of just being tired, not used to doing certain things. And um, it really took an effect. And now, you know, thank God that the state's finally opening up and we're able to, to do a little bit more than we were before, but it's just, I think what the big thing is, it's, it's just going to take time. Like it's going to take time for all these kids to get back to where they're at, because I think it's easy to say that, um, you know, they should be, you know, right back to where they're at, but no, I mean, they've been out of something for a year. So if you take somebody out of something for a year and you throw them right back in, it's going to get time, take time for them to get back to where they're at. And I think it's just going to take a lot of patience, especially for myself. Right. Um, I'm going to have to be super patient with my players, my teams, my demands, um, and, and, you know, just take it bit by bit. And what I like to tell them is just we have to accept these challenges and and face them head first and, and, and deal with it because at the end of the day, pressure is always going to be there. And it's how you handle the pressure, and that's where you're going to find your success. Um, and, and, yeah, and then now the difference for me from – my ECNL team to my high school team, I think it's going to be like the girls like to say it's laid back cam, but <laughs> I'm not going to be so on them as I usually am. And I'm more coaching the tactics. And, and I think that's going to be like the next step for me when it comes to high school. Obviously there's a big difference for me, at least when I see high school and, and club, it's a big difference. I like to say it's like uh, high school is almost like playing for your country, right? You're so proud to wear your school colors, play for your friends. I completely agree with that. It's almost the same thing, right? And you have these kids that they love that that rivalry fight, and so I think that that's something that for me, I just want to build on that culture that the school has, and and really build on it and create more intelligent players. I think that's at the end of the day, that's I think what my goal is is just create more intelligent players, um, and just raising that soccer IQ because I mean, U.S. has a talent for it. It's just. We got to keep teaching these kids, keep teaching these kids. Done are the days of long ball. Let's teach, let's teach, let's get them better. Um, yeah. I, I love that, Cam. You know, uh, look, one little thing is there's not one correct way to play the game, but me and Cam both agree we love to actually play um, and play a beautiful uh, style. Um, it, it's definitely more important to us to, for the players to actually understand what we're trying to do than just win and the players not really understand or grow tactically. But you mentioned two things, Cam, during that whole process. Um, and I wanted to ask, one, how do you think you've grown as a coach during this? I know we've all faced a lot of challenges, you know, trying to find resources to keep growing. Um, and yeah. then especially here in California where we couldn't 
make contact so we kind of had a you know create a bunch of drills that we've never had to do before right and all the coaching courses right, right. or any anything that we've we've learned um you know there's always been contact and now we're trying to do rondos we're trying to do possession drills with no contact so that that's definitely been the hardest part i guess so how have you grown as a coach uh, i mean during this pandemic well one I, I think i've grown in just a little creative creativity right trying to find like the right things and where certain teams are struggling at. And I'll, I'll use one of my teams, for example, my own sixes. I, I thought defensively we could do a lot better. So I went, I dove in, I looked at Diego Simeone drills and I got a couple of his books off the of soccer tutor just to try and see exactly what he does to, to make his lines move. And uh, I really dove in heavy in there and I found a couple of drills that there's no contact, but it, it works on just shifting the line and limiting the spaces in between lines and I, I thought, like, wow, like, it's huge when everybody got it. And for me, it's just, I, I mean, I'm a student of the game. I'm forever learning. I, wh whatever I do, I just try to learn as much as I can. Um, because, as we know, this game evolves. Every day, this game evolves. And I think a great example of that is just looking at the coaches, the top coaches now, right? You have Klopp, who the Gen Gen Press at one point was something that nobody had seen. And then it evolved, and, and now we're seeing Pep Guardiola do the inverted outside backs. Now it's been around, but now you're seeing a lot more teams trying to, to do the, the Pep stuff or the, the Klopp stuff. And maybe not even those two. You can even look at some of the teams that, you know, the, the Jose Mourinho's of the world <laughs> that are going to be so defensive-minded and block it up. But, I mean, that, that to me, as a coach, it's just you have to be able to, to always – to learn and, and, and learn off of others and ask questions from others. Cause I mean, there's, there's no, there's no perfect coach and you could see it from the top all the way down. I mean, there's no perfect coach. Pep wins uh, one year. He doesn't win the next year and everybody's killing Pep saying he's terrible yeah. or how much money is this guy spending? <laughs> but I mean, they don't see the body of work and, and that's why Pep's one of my favorite coaches. One is, um, just uh, obviously the style that he plays and his demands of the game, but just the way he, he sees things and manipulates things and forces these little traps. Um, I, I think they're just, it's beautiful to watch. Yeah. I think I completely agree with you when you mentioned like that people don't see all the hard work behind the scenes, right? Like uh, Cholo Simeone at Atletico Madrid. I know you mentioned him. Everyone criticizes him for, Oh, it's not, it's not a beautiful style of play. They're just defending. But do you not, do people not understand that, defending like that is a mentality being able to get your team to shift that so tight so structured stay so compact and not only that but the willingness behind it it's kind of brings the praise to like marcelo bielsa right the willingness for his players to run up and down the field for the full 90 minute plus it's insane so you got to give it to these play uh these coaches right well as better suited the managers because it's about managing the people and getting the best out of them you know i think a lot of times right. we as coaches get too and focused on tactics and the x's and o's and how to play inverted fullbacks and all this stuff and it's like it goes back to the old saying you know the player doesn't know about how much you know until they know about how much you care about them you know if you're just all about the x's and o's the people players aren't going to come and play for you, you know i know you know being able to know you cam i know the players truly want to play for you and that's the reason you've had so much success you know and i think you're gonna at east lakes you're gonna have a lot of success there too even though it's gonna be a little bit of a short season a little bit of a short preseason even <laughs> just yeah. enjoy it right like how you kind of said it's about it kind of feels like you're playing for your national team and i, I kind of felt the same way when i was playing in high school and 
I, I guess the big challenge right now is club versus high school. How can you solve that yeah. problem? Because high school, I agree, not every high school has the best, you know, recruiting uh, platform or the best uh, competition or the best coaches, you know, because sometimes um, not every high school has uh, the budget for a good coach. But there's something about putting on that high school and representing that specific area, that specific school, right? Playing along, yeah. playing alongside some of your enemies sometimes, right? <laughs> at club, you know, right. sometimes at club, you, you guys are lining up across each other and now you get to and join you're together. playing with your teammates, right? You're going to be playing against your teammates. And, yeah. and that's something that's, you know, the, the cool thing is that like when I was playing for uh, Trinidad and Tobago, I think it was the uh, U17, like, yeah, playing against, you know, one of my buddies and, one thing that, I mean, I'm super competitive. I'm probably one of the worst people to compete against. And I think my old teammates could attest to that. But it's just when it, it's, it is difficult to when you cross that white line and, hey, we're not friends anymore. And, you know, whatever happens on the field happens on the field. And some, some people just, they don't, it's hard for them to make that switch. Um, and, 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 I mean, it, it's part of it too, right? It's part of that learning process. And it, it, it's good. It's good for the kids, though. I, I really, you know, that's why I look forward to high school because I, like I like to see that. I like to see them competing against their teammates. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's all fun and games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, rivalries is what makes sports. Without rivalries, I think it, the sport wouldn't be as great, right? Um, the Real Madrid versus Barcelona, the the Manchester Derby, the Everton-Liverpool, the LAFC, uh, LA Galaxy, you know? All these rivalries. So I think that's one little thing that I guess I would um, have to disagree with the National League, although it's, it's a great platform. Sometimes it takes away yeah. from the rivalries because you're constantly playing players that you don't normally see all the time, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would agree with you on that, 100%. All right, awesome, dude. Um, well, I guess what I wanted to ask moving on is we mentioned that you're currently in the B course, and uh, obviously the B course is looking a little bit different uh, this year because it's been most, well, actually all online, right, all through uh, yeah. the USSF yeah. um, DCC platform. So I guess what is your biggest takeaway so far? I know you're almost done with the course, and how challenging has it been to be able to connect with instructors and your, your group? Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. So all in all, the B course, it, it is, you know, it's strenuous. It's a lot of work. Um, but it's, it's something you're passionate about, right? You're going to find the ins and outs of them to get the work done. Now they do have some group work in there that you have to get done. And I've been blessed when my two groups live in really good groups and we get, get along together. Only difficult part is sometimes, well, you don't really have a pick of who's in your group. And I think one of my groups where I'm on the West coast, they're on, I think East coast time. And so there's a little difference there and it can make it challenging when you have to meet and stuff. My instructor has been amazing. Actually he's has his own office hours. He's been, you know, pretty good, pretty, um, giving, you've been giving pretty good feedback and just honest feedback. And he did ask us in the beginning, like what, you know, our expectations from him, we let him know. And, one of my things I told him is just be honest with me and let me know if you think this is not good, please let me know. I'm not, you know, going to feel some type of way about it. Just let me know. And he's been doing an extremely good job of just, you know, just connecting with us, staying with us in it because it is hard. I mean, we're so used to going to a venue and being able to um, connect with others in person, but now you well, try to do it all online. Well, just like you said, Cam, being honest, dude, I think that's where 
we in you in you soccer right now, I think that's the hardest thing to do, right? Uh, be honest with others, be vulnerable, let them know, hey, um, I actually don't understand this concept as a coach. How can you, you know, can you help me with that? And being honest with like colleagues, right? Me and you, we talk a lot. Um, but in those courses is, you know, sometimes you kind of walk in with the ego on your shoulder, ego, and you're kind of like, oh, I want to show how good of a coach I am. And uh, I don't, I, you know, rather than we're going in there to learn, right? The other coach sitting across right. from me, I can learn something from him just like he can learn something from me. And sometimes we're just trying to learn from the instructors, but I think we got to go in there, you know, and put our ego aside and said, all right, here, I'm here to learn. And I got to work on my weaknesses. I, the only way I can, in order to do that is to, you know, be vulnerable, tell people, hey, I don't understand this. And that's where the coaching world has to be able to help one another out. You know, we're here. Let's Sometimes we forget that the ultimate thing is helping the player. And how are we going to help the player if we don't help other coaches? You know, everyone's sure. like, oh, I learned this new thing or I have these six tools as a coach. Let me keep them to myself. Look at the net on like national TV. These coaches that explain their tactics, you know, left and right you know they explain in detail why aren't they afraid to show it because they know you know it's not about being a little bit self-conscious about oh someone else is going to get better than me they know they're going to keep working hard and they want to help people so if pro coaches can do it we should be able to do it in youth soccer right 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 100 percent. and i think i think it is it's going to be changing like one thing i was shocked with those b courses i know we would always say, right, when we were hanging out, that, hey, every year they're changing it. <laughs> but one thing I can say is this, this one, they're really, it, it's, they're asking what your thoughts are and how can we help you develop those thoughts. And that's something that they did a presentation earlier on and it really hit me because I was like, oh, finally, like now I can really tell them who I am and they're going to help me be a better me. And, um, it, it, it's it's definitely a step in the right direction, um, especially I, you remember the Wally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, orientation, yeah. I mean that's still in there too, but obviously you, you, your sessions just got to make sense, and, and your progression and what you're teaching the kids all has to just be all in line. Um, but yeah, I think it, it's definitely a, a hard course, but I think it's one that us coaches who want to go to the next level definitely should entertain it and and, and do it. Yeah, no, definitely, dude, definitely. I think the USSF good, uh, courses are good. Um, you know, obviously, you, you don't have to agree with everything, but I think they do offer, you know, unique perspective. And not only that, you're able to network. I think the key component is being able to meet other coaches, you know, keep uh, stay in contact with them. I mean, uh, a unique friendship like mine and yours, Cam, has, has blossomed from that. And, uh, you know, many right. jobs has kind of come from those courses in itself. Uh, but kind of moving 100%. on from those uh courses i just wanted to ask you know being in a elite level like the ecnl and now with high school you know having their tryouts you as a coach what makes a player stand out or what can a player do to stand out for in you know to make your team you know all coaches have a different perspective so what does a player need to do to catch your eye um, okay, so like for me, like one of the big things, and obviously I've been in a lot of tryouts, and I see a lot of kids, um, and you can see their nerves, like right off the bat, you, you can see who's the nervous one, who's the one that, you know, they don't want to mess up, and what I try and do, obviously, like you said, I have high energy, I love being out there, and I like to just go to those kids and just say, look, like, what's the point of being nervous? 
there is no reason for you to be nervous. One is this game has never changed. If you're playing 11 v 11, that's not going to change. It's not going to be 12 against 11. It's not going to be 13 against 11. You're playing 11 v 11. What's the point of the game? To put the ball in the back of the net. That's it. The game does not change. Now, depending on the level, it may get faster. The players might be more athletic. But there's no – you compete with that. You, you find your, your way to assert yourself within that. And, and, and nerves, yes, they, they can get the best of you, but there's no need. But, like, when I'm looking at a player and I'm, you know, trying to see what qualities they have, obviously the, the, the main ones, right, you look for technical ability – you look for um, tactical awareness, right? Another big one for me is just the mentality, their attitude. Uh, I want the kid that's going to work, that's going to give me everything they can because the, the style that I like to teach, the style that I like to play, it's, it's very demanding. It, it's something that, you know, they're going to have to be in it mentally. And it is going to be challenging when you're trying to build out of your, your own 18-yard box. And uh, I'm allowing you to do it because, you know, I want you to get comfortable in these tight little areas. Uh, and a big one for me is just, you know, soccer IQ within your position, right? What you're play- what position are you playing? If you're playing the six, what are the demands of that position, right? What movement are you going to do to help us break lines? Are you moving in between lines? Are you constantly checking to see where space is? If a center back steps up, are you filling that gap, right? So all those little things that I take note of and I look to see if they're going to fit the puzzle that I'm trying to create at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um... It's kind of funny that you mentioned the soccer IQ because I was having a conversation with the coach the other day. Do you think players watch the game enough in today's society or are they distracted by so many different, you know, video games, iPhones, all these different latest technology that comes out that they don't really watch as much soccer as, you know, you and I did when we were younger? Do you think that's kind of changed? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's kind of hard when you got the PS5 and, and <laughs> coming uh, out. If but... anybody wants to get me that, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to say anything because I have one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I think, I think yes, it, it has changed in that area. I think a lot of kids, um, I, I mean, on the girl side, I know that they don't watch, really watch the game uh, and really take notes of it. Um, and, and it's crazy because now. The Why do you think that is? Over- um, I, it, there's just so many other things that can get caught up with. Uh, there's so many factors and, and it's funny you mentioned that because we actually we're working on this in our B course, right? You have what we like to call the circle of influence. What is influencing the players? And there's so many things that could pull them away. Um, not just pull them away, but just get, you know, get in their head to, to not do certain things. It's so much easier for me to pick up my PS5 controller and play FIFA than to sit down for what 45 minutes and watch 45 minutes of the game it's just so much easier for them to to attain those things but i think the players that want it the players that do want to go to the next next level they are they are taking those steps they are watching they are you know taking notes of it i mean it's pretty cool and i i really hope a lot of kids enjoy what they're seeing with messi and ronaldo because it we will never well i shouldn't say never but it we haven't had this in a long time. We have two players playing just absolutely amazing soccer um, and two different players, two different types. I think it, it's going in a time, like for me, I never got to see Pelé or Maradona play on, on TV and I'm blessed to have Messi and, and Ronaldo. And I just really hope kids, you know, nowadays take, take that in consideration and watch and just see what these guys are doing. 
because um, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Yeah, I I know a lot of coaches like to get in that that into that argument, right? Cristiano or Messi, who's better? And I think we yeah, just need to no, sit I'm back. Not, I'm not jumping in that though. I'm not <laughs> jumping in. Nah, that. well, that's, that's a fight, bro. That's a fight. That's what I'm saying. Just sit back, enjoy it, watch both, enjoy the the masterpiece that's going on in front of us right now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think another reason why you know it's so easy for players to access movies nowadays. Also, that they just would rather watch a movie than watch a game at times, you know? It's not like when me and you were growing up, Cam, we had to go to Blockbuster on a Friday night and see what was out oh, there. Man. Oh, Blockbuster? Oh, man, you used to have to race to, to see what was behind the thing. If, if the movie wasn't there, your whole night was changed. You ended up having to get, like, a kid's movie or something. Yep, and then the popcorn um, on the yeah, way it, out. And, and imagine back in the day, too, right, when soccer wasn't on TV as it is now. We had to – remember Fox Soccer Channel? And all they would show yeah. was the clips, the clips of the games. That's yeah. all you got. And then eventually they started bringing them, but it was like six in the morning. I remember. Oh, man. I, remember. I remember watching those with my dad back in the day. And we would just, that's, I mean, our household's a little torn. My dad's a Man U fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. So uh, it, started, it started a nice <laughs> little rock to be there. Yeah, um, I get you. Uh, it's kind of like when USA plays Mexico. Uh, my mom goes for the Mexican national team. I'm USA all the way, so it's a little <laughs> bit of heated in the household, you know? Uh, uh, but, hey, speaking about moms, dude, but moms and dads, uh, what do you do or how do you react to when you're trying to, you know, let's use a common phrase, everyone's trying to build from the back, right? Um, mm -hmm. Not every team should, but <laughs> everyone's trying to build from the back. How do you work on educating the parents where, you know, little Timmy's dribbling the ball out or little Samantha's dribbling the ball or attempting to play out of the back and all you hear from the sideline is, kick it, kick it, and you get scored on two, three times because you're building from the back. You know, obviously, yeah. as a coach, you're trying to push it, but how do we change that? Because players will automatically listen to their parents. They want their parents' approval, then the coach's approval. Yeah, I mean, for for me, and, and I, I know I can get better in this area it, 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 in educating the parents, but it, it's who it's who we are. It, it's what's your identity. And I think it just goes back to, as a coach, what's your philosophy, right? And and for me, I'm, I'm blessed enough to be at a club that allows me to, to play and believes in the style to play. And if it takes little Timmy 25 tries to, to bypass a, a forward that's pressing him, little Timmy's definitely going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it because it, to me, it, it's okay to fail. It, it's okay. Let, let them fail. They, they have to fail in order to learn like, okay, now I can't do this. What's my next solution. I have to learn from that. And it, it is a little bit of adversity, but it, it's something that's going to help build that player. And for me, my identity is, is who I am and what I believe, and I'm not going to change. No matter what. Now, I may look for other solutions within that building out, right? So if they're forcing little Timmy to his, to his right and he, he doesn't have enough time to, to find the outside back or the seven or the, the eight or the nine, whoever, then just go back. Let's just go back. Let's keep it. Let's rotate it. Yes, it's pressure, but let's handle the pressure. Let's be calm in that pressure. So many times you look and you, you could go out to a weekend. You'll see kids that they're getting pressed and they just panic and they kick it out of bounds. For what? Enjoy that. Play out of that. It's going to go so many, like, it's going to go so long for you if you're able to just settle, calm, play out, keep that poise, that soccer frame, and, and see the game and move within it. 
I mean, it, it, that's to me, that's exactly what I would tell a parent. It's just, that's just who I am. That's our identity. And, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to sway from it. Exactly what you said about it, being able to enjoy the possession, right? Um, FC Barcelona, their methodology is all about the possession stage and getting the players to just enjoy it. You know, when they come to practice, they do a rondo. And what one of their main objectives in it, you know, obviously there's many uh, concepts in the rondo, but one of their main objectives, objectives is just to get the player to enjoy possession. You know, we work so hard to gain it. You got to be able to just enjoy it and have fun when you have it, right? A lot of times the courage, the creativity that comes, just comes if you're just having fun and enjoying it. Um, but that's that's great that Absolutely. you said that, you know. I mean, that's so true. I mean, if you think back to when you're playing, right, and the moments with your buddies, and you guys are just knocking it on a team, and even if you miss the chance, it's just – I mean, I can remember for myself, uh, we there's I had a buddy, a really good friend of mine, Marquise Brooks, and um, we um, – we used to kill it up top together and it was quick combos. We'd score. I'm laughing. He's laughing. Which I mean, we're enjoying every single moment of it because I mean, that that's, that's just, you know, that's what the game is. You're supposed to enjoy it. Now. Yes. There's demands of the game and the, the older you get, the demands are going to get higher. The pressure is going to get higher. Um, and, and it's just, how do you handle that? How do you go about handling that pressure? Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why I kind of wanted to, bring up the next topic of you know since we're on the topic of building out of the back you know in the ecnl um i think you guys practice three nights a week or is it four we do three to four yeah okay well my question to you is with games in a normal season with games um you know on the weekends how do you go about preparing your 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 sessions do you go do you prepare them all at the beginning of the week and then tweak them as you go or what's your thought process how do you get prepared for the week um, all right, let's say, so let's say like a Monday, um, I, w- I would look at to see what happened over the weekend, right? And we'd probably go light on a Monday, um, quick passing drills, maybe talk about the weekend a little bit. From there, let's say we'll go on a Wednesday. Wednesday would probably be a little bit more intense, more on what I saw in the game that we probably needed to work on or just things to prepare us for the next game. Uh, obviously, and discuss tactics with where we could get better or what needed to happen in certain moments of the game. Um, but I kind of look at it, I like especially like if we had a game over the weekend, I try and look back to see where I could input some of the things that we could get better at, um, and, and look from there. Or what do we did what we did good at, and tell the kids, you know, we did good in this area, and still build off of it um, in order for preparation for the next for the upcoming game. And that kind of brings me to my next topic is we all prepare as coaches and, you know, we love to, we would love to have the right amount of field, the right amount of players, the the right amount of balls. But do you adapt on the fly and how crucial has that been to be, to help you grow as a coach when you're expecting, I don't know, 17 players at practice and you have 15 due to or 14 due to injuries or sickness or yeah. other schoolwork that comes up. How do you adapt with that? And how how's, how has it made you grow as a coach? Well, man, I'll be honest. My, my mentor, Ryan, bro, he, he definitely um, he showed me the right way to do things. Uh, I'll never forget, Ryan, like there's one time that I had to cover a practice for him. And he was like, hey, um, you know, I can't be there. It's going to be um, 18 kids. I'm like, okay, cool. 
I show up and we have 40 something kids at practice. He forgot to tell me he combined the practice. So on the fly, I have to figure out exactly what it is. It was a test, dude. Us as coaches, we know, we know that, you know, not everything's going to be perfect and we're going to have to sometimes do things on the fly. And I figured it out. I got it done. We had a good session. We ended up playing a little bit, did a little bit of skill, some passing patterns, got, got the session in, and we're done. And after I told him, and he was like, yeah, I know, I know. And he, he's laughing, and we both laughed about it, and, you know, it, it was good. And, and that's, you know, honestly, I, I appreciate Ryan for everything he's done for me because he – he made, he taught me the like the right way to learn how to coach and how to go about things, um, and I'll be forever grateful to that guy. Forever grateful. I think, uh, you know, obviously having great mentors along the way is good. You know, something that every young coach needs, um, and it's something that when the older coaches actually do it, it's an awesome way to give back. And I think we need to kind of go in that road again, right? Uh, a lot of Youth soccer, again, is protecting their ideas rather than, hey, take a young coach, you know, under your wing, guide them, help them. And not only that, you can help them grow as a coach, but more as a person, right? Um, right. So I think that's a, the beautiful aspect of mentorship. Um, but to go back to being able to adapt on the fly, I think, you know, too many times coaches, if they're not in those scenarios, you know, say they're only coaching college or they're only in the – academy systems or they're only you know in the pro ranks or, or whatever it may be they may not be able to adapt you know during a game you know changing a, a, a game style or a game uh, you know system that you had planned for that game to be able to adapt on the fly right or um, right, right. being able to when it happens in practice can you adapt so I think that definitely helps you grow as a coach and it's something that you're able to take you know even if you do move on to a national team or or, or the professional ranks which is awesome and that brings me to my last question <laughs> you're gonna love this one it's a, it's really yeah, two it's questions but what's your favorite aspect about the ecnl and yeah go ahead my, my i mean my favorite aspect of ECNL is just that you're playing against the best like this is these are the best players the best coaches and, I mean, I, I love the challenge. And, yes, it could be frustrating at times. You might not be finding the success. But at the end of the day, I know I'm going to get better because I'm constantly being tested. I mean, it's the same thing that we we would ask. I mean, I have a kid, and I, I would tell her to always challenge yourself. No matter what you do, you have to challenge yourself. And I, I know personally I wouldn't be challenging myself if I wasn't competing against the best. Right. I mean, I, I can't remember the last game where not after the game, I'm bended over holding my knees because I'm so exhausted just being in the game coaching. Uh, and I love it. I love that feeling. I, I, I mean, I, I you call me crazy, but that's just that's just me. And I, I, I absolutely love it. But at the end of the day, I just think it, it's that's how I'm going to get better. And for me, the avenue that I want to go with my goals in coaching I have to be doing, be in this this spot and and really be up to the test for whatever it brings. I love that you mentioned that Cam about just competing and being in that level because I think a lot of times we coaches we try to hide the fact that we love competing. Yes, we're in youth soccer. Yes, it's about development, but we can compete in development. Do you understand like development's going to bring results. And if we're competing with other coaches, we're trying to pr produce the best players we can. If we're producing the best players. We're producing best teams. You know, I think sometimes we forget about that edge as coaches. Not only are the players competing, 
we like to compete, right? We're at, we all play the game. We all love sports for that aspect. I think a big part of it's being able to compete. And of course you don't want to, um, mess up with the de development along the way. But I think it's also important to understand that we're competing, right? We want to be able to produce right. the best players. Right. A hundred percent. And I mean, but it's the thing they're asking the kids, we're asking the kids on our team to, to compete. Right. Mm -hmm. And, compete within our team right because and i know i mean i've had teams where you do have to do roster players and they're competing for time they're competing they're, they're challenging one another they're pushing one another uh we ask them when they go to college it's the same thing you're competing there's some rosters on college that there's 30 kids they're all competing they're all wanted that's that's just the next step and, and we as club coaches we're, we're preparing them for that next step yeah completely agree um, so the last, last question is if there's a coach, a young coach or, or an established coach that hasn't been, you know, able to crack the, the ranks to get into an ECNL program or, uh, yeah. elite level, what would be your advice to them? You know, anything that you did in the past or anything that you've heard, you know, to help them get their foot into an elite level. Continue learning. Can, can find that mentor that you you like how they coach. You like how they um, go about their the way they they coach and, and study them. And, and I mean that's how I got under Ryan's wing when I decided that hey coaching is going to be the avenue for me. Um, the next step, I got in touch with Ryan and I shadowed Ryan for a good six months. Wherever Ryan's team was at, I was there. I was helping. I was picking up cones. I was doing whatever he asked. I was there sitting, learning, getting to know the kids, getting to know, you know, the philosophy of the club and, and what it is. And that truly helped me because not one, it got me involved with these kids, these players, these families. Two, it got me to see the next level of coaching that I needed because as a player, I mean, it's hard as a player to step in right away and start coaching because there's things that you think, hey, this is going to be easy. I'm going to tell this guy to do this, 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 but it's really not. It's on managing. How do you manage one another? The the best manager of the game, Sir Alex Ferguson. I, I get I get arguments about it all the time, but to me, I truly believe Sir Alex was the best player manager. Um, yes, he won tons of trophies off of coaching, but he managed so well and created these monster teams and found success. Um, and I think they just have to continue being a student of the game. Get involved with the right club with somebody that again that has the same philosophy as you because that'll make it a lot easier and and build yourself within the club go to other teams games watch learn talk to the coach you know all those things help and, and that's i still do that to this day i, I mean you'll see me i have a game at, at nine o'clock i'm there at eight i'm watching other games i'm still staying back until um my wife's telling me i need to get home <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm so addicted to this game and, and I absolutely love it. Um, but again, like I told you in the very beginning, I've just been super blessed and I'm, I'm going to continue feeling blessed because it's who could say that they've had so many opportunities like I had with this game of soccer. Not really that many. So uh -huh. I'm going to continue doing what I need to do to teach the next kids coming up uh, for however long they may be. And I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I couldn't wrap it up in a better way. What everything Cam just said, he summed it up. That's exactly what you need to 
be an elite coach and uh, be in those elite levels. So um, I just want to thank Cam for joining us today. Um, I hope you guys, you thank know, follow. You, thank you. Of course, of course. Uh, this is our yeah. first guest, and we couldn't uh, thank him enough. We couldn't think of a better way to start this podcast. Um, we might have to do a part two. Part two, part two <laughs> coming up uh, after his high school season. Um, but we, if oh, yeah. you want to, you know, stay tuned. You know, uh, his club is Rebels down in San Diego. You know, he mentioned his uh, his mentor, who's also the director of coaching there. Um, Ryan, you know, check out what they're doing. Their special club, not only because he, you know he works there, but there's a lot of great coaches in that organization. When you go watch their teams play, they do have a curriculum. They do play uh, a, a good style of soccer. So if you guys want to check them out, you know, check them out on their social media platforms. Cam, uh, do you have any you know social media platforms that coaches can follow you on or reach out if they have any questions? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Rasta Cam fourteen, Rasta um, man. Follow me on, follow me on Facebook, Cameron Roger R O G E T. Um, other than that, if you love positional play, follow the club Rebels SC. Um, but yeah, I mean Roberto, thanks for having me on, bro. I really, I really, really appreciate it. This is, uh, I was nervous at first, but but I'm super happy we did this, and I, I honestly can't wait till part two. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again, Cam. And I hope all the listeners enjoyed this. Again, follow him on Facebook, Instagram. Feel free to reach out. He's a good going guy. He'll answer any question that you guys have. Uh, feel free to reach out to us as well. Thank you, guys. And you guys have a good one. Thanks for listening to The Soccer Cam. Reach out on social media or via email. Let us know who you want to hear from or topics that you'd like to hear about. Thanks for listening. And as always, who will be capped next?